Hello and welcome back to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host Nia and on today's episode I'll be covering Marvel's latest film Spider-Man No Way Home and I'll have a special guest on today. His name is Joel. Stay tuned. The plot summary is as follows. Peter's secret identity is revealed to the entire world. Desperate for help, Peter turns to Doctor Strange to make the world forget that he is Spider-Man. The spell goes horribly wrong and it shatters the multiverse, bringing in monstrous villains that could destroy the world. Spider-Man No Way Home was directed by John Watts and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers. Now this is the same director that did the two previous Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. So with just keeping that in mind, I was definitely looking forward to it because we're going to get the overall same tone because it's, you know, continuity. And I am very happy that I was able to have someone as a guest on this episode to talk more deeply about Spider-Man. Someone who knows the comic book subject matter, animated TV show subject matter, as well as the cinematic universes, all three different multiverses. So I just really enjoyed this conversation. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Awesome. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Sorry about being late. Work stuff. Oh, you're fine. I have like all this free time, so. <laughs> um, cool. This is a uh, this is actually my first podcast ever. Oh, okay. Well, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been more like video YouTube stuff, so this is a this is a little bit different. Um, yeah, I see it. I'm I'm the opposite. I've been doing this, and I've been um, I guess like apprehensive or nervous of the YouTube stuff because it's like a whole another thing, and then like also worried about like copyright and what I can and can't use. But um, I'm learning more, so I might I might start doing that soon. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I will tell you that the editing for um, a video like a breakdown or an Easter egg type video is a lot. So um, if you have anyone that can do like editing for you, that would probably be uh, really freeing for your time, especially if you have a lot of things going on. Oh yeah, I, that I want to. I have someone that can do uh, like editing for my podcast in general, but for the video stuff, yeah, I I don't want to do that myself. I <laughs> have someone do it and pay them and call it a day. Yeah, That's I just hard. I found somebody on on Fiverr, and I think I might just stick with him. I don't know yet though. Okay, yeah, see, I have to do something like that. But um, yeah, this, welcome to the podcast. It's pretty easy, pretty chill. It's just basically us having a discussion over. And today's episode will be Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's just like a conversation, questions that we may have had and like, you know, what we think may or may not have happened, certain meanings, stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to talk about the film and shout out to Drea for linking us together. Um, I just wanted to talk about the film with someone who actually knows Spider-Man <laughs> um, because I have friends who know of Spider-Man, but they don't didn't know it that deeply or they haven't seen all the films they're kind of confused in some parts and i'm like okay i'll talk to you when you finish watching the movies right <laughs> so 
but um yeah so to start off so like how are you feeling about the movie in general like overall well um as we speak right now i am in the process of going to see it for the fourth time so okay okay um i i i I love that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of like it's one of those movies that I was um, looking forward to um, for a long time, especially after Loki happened, and there was uh, basically like the multiverse was inevitable at that point. So I'm like, okay. I'm sure some like some upcoming movie. I knew it wasn't going to be Black Widow, but um, I knew some upcoming movie was going to at least have the multiverse like in it. And when I found out it was going to be Spider Man, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be amazing. And then after like seeing, not necessarily hearing a whole lot of leaks, but like starting to see rumbles that they might be bringing back. Um, some of the other villains and then potentially other Spideys from other universes because there are a lot of them. Um, I was I was hyped for this movie. And then when I saw it, I literally was like, bro, I just want to stay in this theater and watch this all day. <laughs> it was like, a nice moment. Like, can I, can I just stay here? You're like, y'all not going to kick me out, right? Because I want to stay here. I I really enjoyed it. Like, Cause we, I, I do spoilers here, and plus this movie's been out for almost a month, so it's not that big of a deal anymore. But luckily, I was I was able to avoid spoilers before I saw the movie. The one thing that did get spoiled for me was there may be a return of certain Spider people who played Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was still so like just like lost in the movie of like you know just watching it for pure entertainment that when you do get the reveal. It was just like it was so. Like, oh, okay, this is what I was seeing online, but it's what it was executed where you still weren't sure until that mask came off. Yeah, and I really appreciated it. Like the way that they did it, like I. So when I was in theater for the first time seeing it, I was like, okay, I know I have a feeling that this is going to happen, but when it was like mid movie, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's not happening. And then the way that it happened was perfect. Like, yes, I don't, I don't think any other like Ned opening the portals and all that stuff. Like, I don't think any any other way would have been suffice for a fan, not for the casual person who's not like a big Marvel head. You know, you could throw them in there, and everybody's like, okay. This is nostalgia, cool. This is fun. But when he comes from a portal. That's a different thing, especially when Ned does it. Yeah, uh, I I don't know when you saw it. So I saw it like uh, like a midnight premiere screen screening, and the whole theater was screaming. And, oh yeah, like Andrew Garfield personally, he's one of my favorite Spider Man. Like for me, he's number two Thanks. because. Like, I don't know what you're, like, ranking. And I didn't see the Miles Morales one, so I can't count that one. Mm-hmm. But with the three Spider-Men that we have right now, because I read the comics, the one to me that's the most true is Tom Holland's and Andrew Garfield's. Because Spider-Man's not, my man isn't, like, this geeky kid that was getting beat up and he was scared. He was, he was a jokester, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and he was sarcastic, so... 
that's why I like the two playing him. I think the only thing with Andrew Garfield was that um, he was a little bit too old to play him. Like, he mm. played it well. He did a good job. But they should have put him maybe in college with how he looked. But um, that was a problem with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. He looked too old as well, too. Also, there were, like, inconsistencies in the story versus the comic. Like, his first girlfriend isn't Mary Jane is Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And that was, like, a big problem that Spider-Man fans had was, like, why are y'all messing up the story? Why aren't you just following the outline that these comics have laid out very easily for you? I think in the first Raimi film with uh, Toby, Toby Maguire, I think the reason why they went the way with MJ is because MJ had, had become, at least in that space, because, um, like, the animated series and stuff like that, MJ was the person that Peter Parker was with in the animated series, if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, so for like the space that it was in, I think that's why they went that way because she was more popular, if that makes sense. Um, for I get, a lot of people. I get what you're saying, but they could have flipped it where introduces to Gwen Stacy, and either she dies or she goes off somewhere. And then you bring us Mary Jane, whether that was Mary Jane in that first film or Mary Jane in that second film. True. With Tony McGuire's set, they brought back, they brought Gwen Stacy, like what, in movie three? It was kind of like, this is kind of odd because now it's not flowing how it's supposed to flow. And they made it, they they made her not how her character is. So it's kind of like, y'all's kind of messed up. You should have left it, left it alone how it was. Yeah. And, um, I definitely like, especially after recently read, read, re- really reading um, the the biography of Spider Man and everything like that. Like, it really should have been definitely Gwen Stacy first, because um, because the fact that she does die in the comics, there's an easy out. So, like, if you if you're going that route, you should yeah definitely. My other thing, and I didn't know this, and I didn't have this feeling until um, No Way Home came out. I didn't know that the Uncle Ben saying, like, with great power comes uh, great responsibility. I didn't know that that was not comic book accurate until this movie. Because May saying it is literally how it said, how um, Stan Lee wrote it in the comics. And until now, it hadn't been said that way at all. It's like, how do you mess this iconic line up in two movies, Sony? Like, how do you do this? See, and, that, and that's my question, too, of when you have someone that's either writing or directing, whether it's both or one, and they don't fully know the subject matter. It's like that, just like the characters are going and looking up and researching about their person, you should be researching the series of how this character looks, acts, speaks, talks, is there an accent, is there a scar, what's their backstory, what's their motivation? Because when you don't do that, you mess up the character. And I, I think clear, I think that's kind of what they had happen. Um, I guess it's a solid film, for sure. But I think that's why some people have um, problems with like, you know, everybody has like their favorite Spider-Man set. And everybody has one where they're like, that one wasn't that great for whatever their reason is, whether it's valid or not. But I like this. I liked this one because it felt just complete. And I like that we got all three of them. 
And not like it was like, oh, for like a few minutes and it was done. It was like, we got them for the entire third act of this movie. Yeah. It, the banter between them, how they flowed together. I even liked how it was like when they were helping each other fight these quote unquote villains, it wasn't a, okay, yeah, you go there, you you do this, we'll be great. It's like, no, we've never fought in a group before. Mm -hmm. Don't know how to do this. It's like, oh, okay, well I have, you know, let me, let me kind of help y'all. And I really like that because it's realistic. So I appreciate that the director honed in on that part. Definitely. And I, um, like the, the banter between all three of them, especially Andrew Garfield's is pro- Andrew, Andrew Garfield in the, um, like all three of them being in the same scene is he's probably my favorite in the scenes. Same. Um, because uh, because he keeps his same uh, mantra from in his movies, so like he's really post like post um, issue happening apologetic, and then he's like still really chatty, just like regular Spider Man in the comics. But um, for me, it was like his Spider Man character feels played down in terms of how he like how he feels especially in the um part where they're like um hey i fought this alien in space well i fought this guy (laughs) and it's like well you know i've only fought this like russian guy in the rhino suits like well you know you're still amazing don't don't downplay yourself and it's like the way that they wrote that was kind of like heartwarming a little bit because Mm -hmm. it, it almost felt like they were saying hey you're still valid as a Spider-Man character or Spider-Man actor um, where everybody in the the culture of Marvel and Spider-Man has demoted him down to zero almost. And now he's back on top. Like he should have been there the entire time because his movies were actually really good. They were great. And that, I mean, like I've defended him so much with his because I was like, Yes, we all love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man because he was our first the one first that one. we got. Yeah. And when you have your first one, and it's nothing against Tobey Maguire. I think he did a good job. I like I like the movies. But that's nostalgia. When they bring back something that you love when you're a kid, you don't you weren't picking it apart as a kid. You accepted it for what it was. Exactly. When they bring that back, you're just accepting Tobey Maguire just showing his face in general. He didn't have to do anything spectacular. And Tom Holland is the current Spider-Man. We already like and know and love him. It is Andrew Garfield that kind of has to up the ante because in the, like you're saying, in that Spider-Man universe, people kind of downplay how he played that role, though he played it, in my opinion, better than Tobey Maguire's character. And I feel like in this movie, he showed us such a range of emotions mm-hmm. and he, all his acting abilities because to me, he's a better actor than those three people because um, we see him in a range of so many characters in his films, but it's just like, he did it so effortlessly. You know, even like the the two or three times he got teary eyed, I'm like, I don't think those are fake tears. I think like he really produced that himself. Oh yeah. While he was in the scene, like he really cha- uh, ch- like uh, channeled the, that emotion in the moment. Like when he when he caught MJ, I cried in the theater. I was like, nice. oh my god, he, at least he knows he can do it. Like it was it was so beautiful, and I liked the whole checking in with each other scene. But um, and he never got his third movie either. Everybody else had three. And he's the only one that doesn't get three. He only got two. I think I'd like take this how you want, but I think he's going to get one 
I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I think I feel like he's going to get one. And I also like the rumor is that Morbius is actually pushed back because of him being in that movie. If that is not the case, I would be pissed because more Morbius was slated to come out in like three weeks, and now you push it back a full three months almost, bro. If if he is not in this movie, I'm flipping tables. I'm just saying. I, I mean, like I heard that they that they they might said it's like well the fact that this movie did so well and everybody keeps talking about Andrew Garfield in particular. Sony was like, hmm, let's give him another movie. And I was like, well, how is that going to be? Is it going to be like the after effects from this film that just passed? Like, you know, what 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 uh, the spell that Doctor Strange did? Right. And then if, if you do that with him, wouldn't you have to, by default, bring back Tony McGuire? And then, like, are you going to try to throw in Miles Morales? Like, how are y'all going to flip this? You know what I mean? True. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how they would do it now. I feel like at this point they would probably have to roll it into the MCU somehow in the multiverse. Um, but I, I would, I would rather, I would rather the, rather them do that, honestly. Um, if they were going to do it, like rolling into a different universe and kind of really what would what would be dope to see is how he like at one point in No Way Home he says like I started I stopped pulling my punches I would really like to see what happened like in his universe what does that mean were you killing people at that point because of your grief like how does this all play out if I imagine that as like literally cut to he goes to fight someone but like he like just lets them literally pummel him because he's like, I sold nothing anymore because I lost the love of my life. That's where my mind went. Mm. But I was looking like what you're talking about. I looked at a couple of videos on YouTube from some people and they were alluding to that might have been something else. Maybe like a dark moment. Maybe he turned into, you know, like the like evil Spider-Man version. I was like, I don't know, but I would like to lean into it because that's very, it's very curious. Also like Andrew Garfield has a way of delivering lines, like mm-hmm. with his tone and with his face. Like he's so good at these micro expressions where you're thinking it may be more when the line does it, but he's able to pique that curiosity. Like he's really good at that in his films. And like I, I study him whenever I watch his movies. Mm-hmm. He's really good with his facial expressions. So uh, I don't know. I, I really do hope they, they bring him back. Also, maybe you can answer this for me. Okay, so we have MJ in the movie played by Zendaya. Mm-hmm. And you know, he keeps on saying, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, was it Michelle Jones. Jones? Yeah, Michelle Jones, not Watson. And so since we get these two Peters, and we can't get Gwen Stacy because she's dead. Why do I not get Kirsten Dunst in this movie at all? <laughs> and people try to explain, like, well, maybe she's. I don't care what she's doing. The fact that everybody, it would make more sense. So like, do they not ask Kirsten Dunst? Do they not think she should be in it? Did she say no? Because I, why would she say no? I, that's a really good question, actually. Like I was like low key upset. I was like, um, I want MJ here talking to other MJ, and I want I want to see them interact because Kirsten Dunst is funny too. So I'm like, I think her and Zendaya would have played off very well with each, each other. Right. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm. <sighs> That's a good. That's actually a very good question. 
it's it's a it's a it's it's definitely like yeah it's a loose end like because if we're pulling with that spell if we're pulling everybody that knows peter parker then she by default should be the first person right like (laughs) so we can go on and on to why we didn't get certain people like with the villains so we only a few were able to bust out but not the other ones like they have the lizard guy right yeah and he's not let's be honest he's not really used in the film he's really there for this shock value true they're like we'll pull you in here but we will not give your character any type of development and we'll barely give you lines and the big moment that you're in a fight it, there's no we don't really understand your motivation for saying uh actions have consequences and throwing peter back in for what reason was that <laughs> it was just like hey screw you go back in there and get your get, get, like i didn't make sense to me i'm like okay so we couldn't figure out any development for this character got it cool they could have yeah. brought back somebody else you know I think, I think, and again, this is just speculation on my part because I have no definitive answer for it. But I think what it was um, was the the hype value around um, the two main villains being Doc Ock and uh, Green Goblin. Oh, for sure, for like, sure. That that was the draw, and that was what they were paying the most attention to because in in the trailer we didn't even know. Aside from like the the battle on the the scaffolding, we didn't even know that skeleton, not skeleton, um, lizard was even in the film until like you're in the film watching it pretty much. Like, yeah, if you're not paying attention to to every single detail in the trailer, you really don't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. And then even further on the poster, just the poster for. The film, the exactly. poster, uh, clearly it looks like Spider-Man versus Doctor uh, Doc Ock. That's it. There is no alluding to any other character. So, like, I don't know if you have. Is there, is there one in Chicago? I think there is. It's a place called Alamo Draft House. It's where I go to see all my movies, and they do like food in the theater and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have these special menus, right, for movies. Well, for Spider-Man, they had one, and the menu looks like a Spider-Man mask. And on the back of it, one of the pizza types. It's called a Green Goblin Pizza, which. It tastes great. That's awesome. But I was like, wait a minute. This is clearly letting me know <laughs> that the Green Goblin is going to be in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It would make no sense why, why the name is on here. But um, I wasn't expecting Green Goblin. I heard speculations, but I, I purposely didn't look for anything before I saw the film. So I'm like, I want to be surprised. And you know, it's so hard when a movie's coming out because social media, it's like you have these people who want to ruin it for everybody, be the mm-hmm. person that said the secret. So Watching it and then hearing, hearing the the seeing the ball being thrown and then hearing it click on the on the ground, I was like, oh my! I, I was freaking out. <laughs> and I was just like, because I think when this when this, when that came out, I think that came out like in 04, 06. I was like in middle school, yeah, early high school, and I saw with my brother. He's a big Spider Man fan, and he like lost his mind whenever Green Goblin was on screen. He's like, that's exactly how he's supposed to be. So like. This one, that part just like got me really excited because I wasn't expecting it. And I didn't know William Dafoe was gonna come reprise his role. Cause and I'm not saying he's old by any means, but I was like, I would I didn't think he was going to do it. Yeah. So to really see William Dafoe come on there and whoever was his stunt double, they did a good job matching because it, it looked like he was his old this old man was just whooping speeder uh, Peter like easily, like oh. a little bug. If you didn't know, that's him. 
Oh, there was no body double? There's no body double. That's oh, him. I, I was like, man, this body double is amazing. I Be, can't tell the cut. Like, he, he literally, in his contract, said, I want to do everything. And oh. that was the only way he was signing on. I love it. I love it. That was See, like, everything. Not was that him. many people do their own stunts. Like, I know Tom Cruise is, does his own stunts, but like, I didn't know William Dafoe that was him. Yep, everything was him. All of that was him. Yeah, that's great. Because the, the the part where they were fighting in Lucky's uh, condo, yeah, he, like, he was like crashing him through the floors. To me, that was the best fight scene in the whole movie. Like, that was my most favorite part. And um, when Peter, it, and it reminded me of like um, this action film I saw. I think it's a uh, Haywire, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where the, the lady she like runs, jumps up, kicks off the wall, and wraps her legs around this guy's neck and strangles him. And the part where Peter is strangling mm. uh, Green Goblin, he's punching him, he's laughing. Yeah, it reminded me of that scene. I was like, and it was just it was a good performance between both of these people. I I forgot I was watching a movie, and it <laughs> felt like real life. That was just so um, it was really exciting. That and that's probably my favorite scene, specifically because of how it started. So yeah, after. after um, after Doc Ock gets his his antidote and like he's in control of his arms at this point, he's talking to um, Osborne, thinking that he's talking to Osborne, and the way that William Defoe like answers that question, it clip like it for me at least it let me know he is not talking to Osborne yeah. at this point. The part where he was like, uh, they were uh, like, just by me? that machine. Yeah. He was like, yeah, just, just, he's like, he said, he, it's the way he turned and it's the way he looked. And I, I the same thing. I was like, oh no, something's off. Something's off. And I, I called it in my head. I, I couldn't actually say anything because my brother in law and my cousin, they're not like into it, into it like that. But I, I saw it and I'm like, that ain't it. That is not him. He is not talking to Osborne. Something is about to happen. And then, when like the whole slow motion thing started, that I like that. I, I was like, like yeah, I like how we got the insight and how the Spidey Tingle works, mm-hmm. as well as these are all bad guys, right? So it could be any one of these people. Who is it? I I, I like that. And for a moment, it looks like Osborne's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What's going on? No, but but it's all like we also are tipped. Like it, they they did really good. For me, again, I, I dissected that that scene a lot because it's one of my favorites in the movie, and they did a really good job. If you're like, if you're looking for it, they tell you who it is by who Peter looks at first in his peripheral. Like his spider sense is tingling because of Osborne not being Osborne, and when he's walking in the room, the first person is in his peripheral that he's looking at is Osborne. And yeah, and Osborne looks at him and then kind of like, well, he's not saying anything. And yeah. Because it, it was well, it was weird, too, because like everybody was kind of like walking but not looking at each other. And I'm like, I'm getting kind of confused. I'm like, who is it? Right. You know? And but. the the more that they draw that scene on and like the whole Peter talking to May and telling her to get out, it's like, why are you not listening to him? Because he's telling you exactly what's about to happen. You're going to die if you stay here. Yeah, that that's what bothered me. I'm like, I get it. This is he's your family, but also he's super strong, and and, and you're not. Like it's exactly. not even like a matter of it's not, not no nothing about people's feelings. It's just like 
just leave. You know, you're a liability. You know what I mean? Uh, so it bothered me because I was like, I wasn't ready for that to happen. But, you know, something was off when she got up and I was like, what is wrong with her? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I said, it's a pump fake. And I'm like, I'm not ready for her to die. Like, I'm not ready for him to not have any family whatsoever. It's not fair. At all. Like, I just wanted to hold. I'm like, dang. And he does a good job with the crying. So I was like, man, it feels, this feels too real. So, too, too real. Yeah, the, sec- the second time I went was the second no the third time i went to go see it i had to actually watch it with like next to me a spider-man helmet because i might have cried in the movie (laughs) and i don't know if i wanted anybody to see that i i feel like everybody shed some tears in the theater but i wasn't gonna say with the osborne thing so i had read um i don't know if you know about this thing called imdb it's called international movie database Mm -hmm. they'll have like uh trivia about like movies and tv shows when you go on there and one of the things they had for Spider-Man was that for um, the Green Goblin, uh, he's wearing different teeth. So when he's Green Goblin, his teeth look different than when he is uh, Osborn. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. I was like, I, didn't, I noticed it one time and I just thought I just saw something and I didn't I didn't look at it deeply the next few times. I saw, I saw it four times, but I didn't, I didn't pay attention. But apparently that's that was one of the things is that when he is Dr. Osborne, his teeth are different. And when he's a green goblin, his teeth are different. Yeah, I'm going to definitely pay attention to that tonight. Yeah, because I, I was like, his teeth are kind of pointy right here. And I was like, oh, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm seeing things. But that so, does make sense, though. Yeah, because it makes it, like, you know, more creepy. Um, but I, and I feel like, like the, sand, the Sandman, they... I didn't really get back. <laughs> I didn't really need his character back. Uh, I mean, good for him for getting a paycheck, but I just didn't need that character back. Um, I think... You know what would have been cool? And I, I know... this. Let me tell you the only reason why they didn't do it, because they would have done it. They would have brought back James Franco's character. Mm-hmm. The only reason why they did is because of all the controversy going on with James Franco. Yeah. Like, they've been pulling his name off. Like, he, he's helped direct movies or produce movies. And to get it out without having all this backlash, they've had to take, like, he's still getting the credit for it, but they've had, to, they've had to take his name off of it. So I can imagine that they probably were like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have the father and son back together and them team up on Spider-Man? But they can't do that because James Franco's whole situation, if they were thinking about doing it in the first place. And it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because um, I feel like Ned is going to be our hobgoblin at some point. I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> like, I, I think I think we're still gonna get a hobgoblin. Um, I just don't think it was gonna be his character. Um, but like Ned is definitely on like the way that they ended that with him not following up with Ned, but following up with MJ and saying that I'm gonna like in the whole I'm gonna come find you moment, and he doesn't say anything to Ned. Mm-hmm. I feel like when when it happens, like when that spark clicks for for him, like he remembers who he is, that is going to piss him off, and that is where we're going to get um, Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin from. Okay, so I also looked at this up too. So the guy who plays uh, Ned, I forgot his real name. Uh, he's been losing weight, right? I think he's mm-hmm. lost a hundred pounds since the second one, second movie to this one. And I think that's partly 
and he said it's because he wants to be more fit, but I think it's also partly for a role. Now think about it too. How many people who are either coming into Marvel new, like uh, Chris Pratt, is that not not Chris Pratt? What's his name? Chris. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. What's the character? Um, um, Star Star Lord. Star Lord. That's Chris Pratt. Yeah. That is Chris Pratt. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. But like with him, right? Like. I, okay, I didn't think he was like bad looking before when he was like in Parks and Rec and stuff, but he was like, you know, like the the doughy, mm-hmm. like, friend. And Marvel was like, hey, you want to be in this movie? Just, you know, get a six pack. Right. And like he did it, like, I don't know how long, but it was really quick. And look, look at what happened with his career from just getting fit. So imagine what's going to happen with the guy who plays Ned with him getting fit. He's getting a bigger role, he's becoming the villain. But I think he might be a villain that stays for a while mm-hmm. because it's something that's going to easily mess with uh, Peter. Because it's like, it's my fault. He's like this. You know, he was my best friend. I I, ru- I ruined our friendship or I like something where it's like not going to be easily forgiven or for not forgiven at all. And clearly with, with Spider-Man, it's like he can't have everything he wants. It's like he has to be like has nothing like how Tom Holland's Spider-Man is right now. He has nothing. Nothing. Yep. Or like Andrew Garfield's where it's like, uh, your girl's gone. She's dead. Or you might have uh, Tony McGuire's where it's like, uh, you have some stuff. You don't have some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you know what um, comic the plot for No Way Home kind of is taken from? No. Um, whenever you get a chance, um, the comic series that it's from is uh, One More Day. And um, <clears throat> it's basically, it's very, like the, the, the plumb line is very, very similar to the movie um, where Peter is trying to change things that happened in the past or change, like basically change things uh, for the people around him, specifically May, um, because she not i mean i don't want to spoil it if you if you're going to read it but there's something that happens to her um and then basically he's he goes to strange like hey can we fix this and we pretty much see the same thing um but there's a um a slight sighting at the end of it that I, again i won't i won't uh spoil if you're going to read it but okay. um but that that's where that's like loosely where it comes from Mm -hmm. it's it's like when you read it the the parallels are so like scary similar to how certain things happen like how may dies in the in the movie versus how it happened sorry (laughs) um no it's not this is a spoil zone so spoil away um but like how it happens in the in the uh the comic like it's very very similar like literally she's minding her business um, and gets hit with something through a window. Similarly, in the movie, she gets hit with a glider in the movie. So it's like, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, this is starting to like put some pieces together for me. It's not one-to-one the same, but the the feel of it is very similar. And there's a Mephisto sighting at the end. Like, I understand why they take a comic book and then they'll, like, alter it slightly. It's, it's more so like, oh, well, if you don't know exactly what's going to happen, mm-hmm. we're going to, you can't spoil it. We'll get more people in the seats. However, 
I prefer if it's a book or a comic book or a previous movie, you stay, you, you stick to what, what's going on and you don't add to it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, technically, it's not your, it's not your story. If someone took Spider-Man and completely rearranged it, it's like, it's not your story to mess with. You know what I mean? It's True. your story that you can retell, but I mean, yeah, retell, but retell it with like a, a you know, more advanced visual versus what you could do like showing spider-man movie in 2021 in 2021 versus a spider-man movie in 2004 look how different doc ock looks definitely it's crazy right and now look at what spider-man looks like now when andrew garfield played him when um tobey Maguire played him back in like the old like og live action spider-man mm-hmm. it's ridiculous how much how different he looks you know but it, it's good yeah and then to add on because i don't think um yeah we, we didn't in in both Raimi films and the amazing spider-man um the tech always came from oscorp yes and i don't know if that's actually the same because like i don't even is there there's an there is an oscorp in in the comics but i believe the comics is oscorp but yes, but I think because Marvel was doing stuff, I think the deal with Marvel and Sony was you can't use Oscorp. Like there are certain things you may not be able to use. Gotcha. I don't know for sure the deal because, like, okay, so do you know that uh, Fox owns uh, X Men? Yes. Yep. Okay, so when Marvel was introducing these um, powerful beings, the deal between them and Fox is you cannot use the word mutant. Mm-hmm. And you can't use abnormal. And it's yep. like, what word can we use then? <laughs> and then after, I think the word they use was like unhuman. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is stupid. But I'm like, I get why it's a money thing. You don't have um, another way to go around it. But it's just annoying. So, like, the sucky part of these multiple companies owning certain pieces of this now big, you know, Marvel cinematic universe is that. They get to decide when, when, and how you can use a character, and they don't care if it relates to the story or not. They want money, exactly. You know, so they're like, if the money's not, if the dollar sign's not big enough, they're they don't care what the fans want. They're like, well, we're not selling it. We're not going to let you borrow him. We wouldn't do any of that stuff. And that's why it took so long for us to get Spider-Man No Way Home. General, yeah, yeah. you know, so and it sucks. The but. the thing that um, I find hilarious in this whole history is Sony had the opportunity to buy everything from Marvel for a very low million dollar price. They then came back and said, no, nobody cares about any of the other characters except for Spider-Man. That's the only one they bought. And now they're pretty much like, oh, oh, wait, we, there's like people actually do care about this stuff. We want more. We want more. We want to like, like squeeze every dollar out of this Spider-Man thing now because everybody wants it. And also we want the Marvel universe specifically, like everything, like Thor, Loki, everybody. And you had the chance to grab the bag and left it on the table. And now you're mad. And now you, you're literally sabotaging the fan experience because you're mad. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is annoying. Like the running joke is like, how many times are you going to see Uncle Ben die? Facts. But it really is annoying. I've seen this man die too many times, you know, and 
it, they're mad that Marvel said, okay, you don't, you don't want the rest of the stuff that we're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Cool. Which I think was a blessing in disguise yep. because I don't know whose idea was to say, Hey, just like everything, like everybody's uh, teamed up in the comic, make that happen on, on the big screen. And they did. Mm-hmm. And fans want it so bad. They'll take it if it's not exactly correct. So you can get 75% of the comic book accurate. And they'll take the twenty five percent alterations because they just want to see their character. Like, like look at um, look at Wolverine, right? Not yep. Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, we didn't get him in his like traditional costume, you know? We mm-hmm. like never did. But guess what? Fans still were like, "I'm going to watch it." We didn't. We didn't. We didn't get to see really them lean into him and Storm's relationship. But guess what? We still wanted to see it. Yep. And then also, like, even with Black Panther, too, Black Panther and Storm, they had a thing going on as well, too. So I'm like, okay, so is Marvel, well, now Disney, is Disney and, um and no, wait, Fox, Disney just bought Fox. Yeah, it? yeah. Never mind. So, <laughs> so it's, I went, it's, it's happening. Yeah, because they can take, I forgot the girl who plays Storm now. They can take the young lady who plays Storm now and easily pair her with Black Panther. That's an easy way to 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 put the two or do a storm origin story. I would love a storm origin story. Facts. I don't think the we comic, ever got we've never got that. No, we haven't, but there's a comic and the comic is beautiful. It is so beautiful. And oh, I'm like, dude, what, dude, what's the name of this right now? We don't really even have a a black a black female superhero that's known. True. Like you can't really name one, and everybody—the one that people do name—is Storm, and she hasn't got a movie. And then look how long it took for Black Widow's standalone movie to come out, and that came out too long. Like it was too long for them mm-hmm. to put it out. And so like, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like Marvel has this amazing formula of putting out movies that are for sure going to top box office numbers and gain millions of dollars and spend merchandise. However, when it comes to certain like standalone films. They take sometimes they take too long to put it out, or they're trying to find this perfect person when it's like, no, the person already exists, y'all are just being kind of picky. Yep. So, like, I love Scarlett Johansson, but I think we all were like, she's a little bit too old to be playing Black Widow right now in this stage of the life. We wanted to see Black Widow like way back when and do the origin story, and we, we should have got a much stronger story and in them stay in like how she was raised as a child versus how we got it like yeah. I, I the film was okay but it was more so like we're just eating crumbs because we want something but it wasn't like enough to make us full and that, that's kind of how i feel about morbius too to be honest with you um and i think like although i don't like the fact that they're pushing it back like I, i'm i'm going to say that until it actually comes out but um the fact that i don't like it doesn't overshadow the fact that if they put Andrew Garfield and Venom in the same space in that universe, it's accurate because Morbius is in that same space. So I would be okay if that happens. Now, again, if it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen, if it happens and it's not accurate, okay. But if it doesn't happen at all, Fam, why were you even pushing this movie back? Just release it if it's done. Because you're not putting out this until April. Exactly. I'm the cast list right now, I don't see. 
Andrew Garfield on there yet, but that doesn't mean anything because sometimes I'll withhold names until. I mean, you know, we know Andrew Garfield can lie his butt off because he lied about being in this in this cast for a long time. <laughs> yeah, because I I found I found out that's what they'll do sometimes with movies. They'll take someone's name off the roster, and they'll put it on after a, like a week or two of it being out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? That's smart, but still. And see, for me, like with Morbius, I don't know, I don't know about this character, so. I was talking to somebody about, you know, these comic book movies and I was telling them like, you know, now we're getting to the part of the MCU where if you're not a true comic book fan, you don't know know. any of these characters. Like, I saw Eternals. I'm going into Eternals blind. I don't know anything about it. I purposely didn't look it up. I just wanted to enjoy the movie and I didn't have a problem with it. The only thing I I said negatively about Eternals was um, there are a lot of characters (laughs) that are (laughs) main characters. And they don't give everybody enough time to know like what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, and then some people are like, oh, the movie was very slow. I didn't like it. It wasn't action-packed. And the best way I describe Eternals was that it's a very DC-ish Marvel film. So if you're a DC fan, this will probably be your favorite Marvel movie. And if you're a Marvel fan, you'll probably be lost and kind of upset that it wasn't more like action-packed. But I felt like it was a movie to just kind of build. Like, hey, we're just introducing you. Maybe movie two will give you more action and more depth. I think for me, even like as a Marvel fan, um, it was not the typical um, Marvel movie that everybody has come to know them for. But I actually liked it for that reason. Um, Because it gave me the answers to the questions that I had about Thanos, specifically about Thanos. Um, Like he's a, he's technically, he has the deviant gene. He's also a celestial. No. um, Yeah. He's, he's in that celestial family. So like if the Eternals were around, why didn't they stop him? Like that, th- those were the questions when I first saw that they, they were doing the Eternals. I'm like, okay, so if they were here in the universe. Why didn't they stop him? And it's because, like, the Avengers were the people um, that had had the Avengers not stepped in. I feel like the Eternals would have, but they didn't have to because of the Avengers. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I understood that, but still it was like I mean they were kind of struggling like at least one of y'all could have came down true because that wasn't easy and and uh, even even that with them you know going against Daniels that first attempt uh, Star Lord irritated me I'm like what is wrong with you right now you're <laughs> really going to we're going to win what is this rage fit that you're 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 being a child like Thanks. that. It just made me so angry. I'm like, who wrote this in the movie? Who wrote this scene? Because this is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also with with the Eternals and Sp- uh, like, sorry to go off on this Eternals tangent because I know we were talking about Spider Man, but okay. <clears throat> um, like with with that whole like them struggling, they were having a hard time. Um, I think be- so. The Eternals were supposed to take over if and only if um, there was nothing standing in the way of a variant um, like taking life out of the picture because the the entire the, the whole purpose of um, 
the Eternals is really to just preserve life until the awakening happens for another celestial to be born and then like literally eat the entire world <laughs> from inside out. Um, and basically what Thanos did stop that from happening. Like taking half of the world's population and completely just like removing it from from the face of the earth stop the awakening from happening i think that's one of the reasons why they didn't like obviously hollywood but i feel like that's the like the main draw of them not even showing up or even saying that they were there like available like we were here the entire time just sitting in the corner eating popcorn watching y'all getting your faces kicked in and we did nothing about it because we were instructed not to. Specifically because all we really want is for life to sustain until a certain point. Until it doesn't. And that's when, like, at the end where um, Icarus is like, hey, we got to kind of fight these guys because we actually have to have this to happen. That's the dichotomy for me, at least. Like, you could have just done that the entire time and we like if that was the case why not show up earlier but whatever sure i i felt like i mean i understand what they were trying to do of like let's explain explain this away to be able to introduce these uh, this these set of characters mm -hmm. but i feel like it was done in a lazy way if you're gonna make this you're making this mcu you know this, this universe right mm -hmm. i think that you ha you have you have comic experts on your team you have to there has to be a team of people who their sole job is to read these comics Fact. and know who's intertwined with who when they're intertwined with them they're you know their deep backstory yada yada to know how to loop these people in for future movies so it doesn't make sense of the lazy looping stuff together and all the audience will get it. No, sometimes we don't get it because you can't rely that your core audience knows the comics because they don't, especially mm -hmm. the deeper. Now you're getting into characters people haven't heard about or they're not that common or they're, they're, they're known if you, if you read, if you know the subject matter. Like my brother is a big conch person. He knows these people. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. But like... <laughs> Like there's um there's a MCU there, there's a Marvel um book where I have like all the comic characters in it. There's this kid I used to like take care of and he had it. And that book at the time, there was like a little over six hundred characters in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow. And all those characters have their own comic book or they're they're in uh, like they're featured a lot in a comic. So I'm like, there's this there's just an infinite number of characters. So this. MCU is going to get like so ridiculously big but the good thing about Marvel is that they know how to make a solid movie like people can rag on Marvel all they want or say oh it's not that great clearly they are because they know how to make a solid film where you can a kid can follow it big and facts. an adult can follow it and neither feels that they're being talked to in a stupid way the action is nice and believable to a certain extent. You know, like, I like it. Like, Jimmy Fox's character, Electro, the, like, his lines might sound cheesy, but that is exactly what a comic book character would say. And that's why I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed his performance. I'm like, I, I liked how they, his book, whether that was on him on his own or how it was written for his character, I, it was it was believable, you know? Did you see um, at the end his comic book like uh i don't know what we call it hood or like 
um, face covering actually shows up at the end. What do you mean? So, like, in the comics, he has, like, this mask that's a, that looks like a, um, an electric star on his face. Okay, okay. So, it looked like some, like, Dragon Ball Z stuff. So, I saw that, right? And, and I was like, is that supposed to be, like, a, like a mask or something? Yeah, that's, sort of like twice. That's, that's, that's how he is in the comics. Okay, see, now I'm looking it up, right? Yeah, okay, this is the exact thing I saw. It looked, it looked like Goku for a second. Yep. <laughs> I was like, whoa, does he like Goku? And then people were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, so no one else saw what I just saw? Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that that looks really good then. They, it looked exactly like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that until after watching it this, like, third time. I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Like, that is it. I was, and I was, like, actively looking for it the first time. Clearly missed it. I liked it, and I'm glad that they made him not blue. Like I'm, I'm glad that Jimmy Fox said that's what he didn't want, and they changed it mm-hmm. because, like, you look at the comic book characters. Like, why would he's you make not him blue, blue in the first place? First of all, he was never blue in the comics. He's green. He's a white guy in a green and yellow outfit. He looks like like an electric version of uh, what should I call it, uh, Aquaman? Exactly. Like, why would you make that? And that's another thing with the the. Um, Amazing Spider-Man series, there was so many risks that they took on on the villains specifically. Like that that Green Goblin, no, absolutely no. I never want to see that that character reprised ever again because that was the most horrendous Green Goblin I've ever seen on film ever. And then the well, fact the one that we just got. No, no. Well, the one that we got for um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man was it two with uh, the Andrew Garfield um, version of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but when he goes to, so I think it's oh, Af- oh, his friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked creepy. Like it was just like it was. First of all, it was weird how they reconnected. Like. So y'all just haven't talked in years and he just magically shows up on his doorstep and everything is fine. What? Well, because like, oh, your parents died and you were there when my parents died, so I'm here for you. I mean, yeah, tr- I get like that part I get, but it still it it felt forced, is what I'm saying. Like Oh no, it definitely was. It, it, I don't know what it was, but it seemed like okay, well. If I haven't talked to you since your parents died, yeah. like, like we don't even have to talk. Then, like, just if if you just want to be here, be here, and like, I because I, I I have friends like that. Like, if you if we're just gonna if it's a if it's a rough time, you just want to be here, then just sit in silence, cool. But we're gonna have this whole like kumbaya moment on the stairs of your like mansion or wherever they were. Yeah, it was weird. It's like, <laughs> what? What is? Why did we have to see this? And then, not only that, it's like, okay, well, I can't give you my blood because, you know, it's it's weird. Now, the the whole his blood being radioactive—that's comic book accurate. I like that. However, and this is also something in No Way or not No Way Home, uh, but One More Day that they talk about in terms of him giving blood to May. Um, that his blood is like radioactive and stuff like that. But we, no one said anything 
about him having radioactive blood until it gets to the point where dude is like, hey, I need your blood to help save my life. That, again, felt like a reach. Like, we, we just have to tell the audience that Spider-Man's blood is radioactive, but we've never said that in any other film. In the previous but, one and earlier in this one. But see, that's the problem whenever you have a movie and the director and the writer, whether it's one or the other or both, do not know the subject matter deep enough. Facts. You need to have someone who is an expert on this and they're on set saying, hey, I hear what you're saying, but technically they wouldn't say or do this thing because it's not even in their character arc. And you can argue all you want to, but if you do this, just know that fans are going to be upset who know the subject matter because that's not a thing, you know? And so you have like Spider-Man 101 and the general, a general fan may know a couple of things, but someone who like, you know, knows a little bit more deeply, they're going to be on a like, no, this isn't accurate. That's not right. This is wrong. Facts. And my whole thing is how hard is it to get somebody on staff to just do that? Like it's not. It's, it's you not don't, at You don't have to pay them that much. Truthfully, you're paying them by having them on the set of this movie. To be honest with you, because a truth, like a fan, like uh, if I was given that job, I would, I would literally get out of bed early and be the first person on set, specifically because I'm a comic book fan and I would love to do that. Like keeping, keeping a set on track to be comic book accurate to because I know that a, a person like myself is going to sit in the audience and see this movie. It's like, all you got to do is pay somebody the median American wage of like what, oh, what yeah. like six, let's just say 80k a year to just do that. Yeah, that's an easy job. You're it's just, a very you're easy job. There's a, there's a job in movies, it's called... Um, this is a simple term is continuity mm -hmm. and all your job is to be on set is like when they do a take and they re they redo it it's like hey you had that cup in your left hand you were walking this way when he was talking you whenever the explosion happens you're running back and then to the right like that's what their job is so if they have someone who does that they can have someone who's an expert that just makes sure that everything is how it's supposed to be so like okay for me comic book accurate like my favorite comic book movie that is accurate to the comic the Watchmen. I will always argue it because you can actually take the Watchmen comic book and frame by frame in the book is how the movie is. Mm. Down to how the character looks, their outfit, the dialogue, the lighting in the comic book versus the lighting on the screen. It is frame by frame accurate. And so like for me, that's my favorite comic book movie because it's just like I've literally sat and watched the movie and had the book in my hands. But none of people knew about the Watchmen. I thought we were gonna get like a Watchmen series and we didn't really. I mean, I know they made like a show later, but like I thought they were gonna do it at that exact moment. But with these new comic book movies, we're not getting as much accuracy as we want. It's the whole, we, we're gonna give you as much as possible, but we're not gonna give you the full 100 for whatever reason, whether we wanna have shock value and change stuff so you don't know exactly what's going to happen mm -hmm. or we just can't make it happen. Like some like some stuff they'll say, oh, we're not able to do that effect uh, where it's accurate. Um, it just depends. Yeah, I mean, I watched um, 
watch the Watchmen movie, and to be honest with you, I I had to like I, I couldn't sit through it because it was I too long. <laughs> um, but I I also um am not a huge DC fan either, so that was also my thing. Um, Marvel. So the I know some like the 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 common discussion is Marvel has the better cinematic universe, but DC has the better comic book characters. That's potentially true, but um, I just know for me, like especially with dark movies, I get sleepy. Yeah, and I will say that DC lives in the dark, and D- so with DC living in the dark like that, and. The way that these people talk in these DC films, it's very adult. It's very mature. Mm-hmm. So a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old is not going to want to sit and watch it. They're going to be bored. Compared to those same ages watching the average Marvel film, adult content or not, they're going to be very entertained. It's bright scenes, vibrant colors, really cool action, funny dialogue that a kid can understand. They're going to be more in tune to that. DC has, What DC does well is their animated series. DC's animated yeah, series they do. is bold. It's gold. It, it doesn't make. I don't know why they can't translate that beauty to the screen. Probably because if there's more voices with it with the with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you have the production studio, and you have the, um, the people actors. who are sponsors. The actors are like, I don't want to do this or that. You know, you have to, you have to deal with it. But these guys get it together because the last few things they put out, in my opinion, sucked. Like absolute hot garbage. I, I didn't like Wonder Woman uh, 1984. Oh my! I, I didn't cover Wonder Woman on my podcast. I didn't want to talk neg- negatively about like this woman in power movie, but like it sucked. It did. It really sucked. And I'm just like, can I get a strong female action? I don't care if she's black, white, Asian, Latin. I don't care. I just want a solid one. Have you? And I want to see their story, like. Oh, what's the girl in uh, Black Panther? That's like the the head of the army. Her. Uh, shoot, not, not Shuri. No, not Shuri. I forgot her. Uh, name. Okoye, Okoye. Uh, her. I would love her origin story. I want to see her story. I think it'd be really nice. It'd be really good. I think I'd feel like empowered as a woman. Um, but like when I watched when I watched one over nineteen eighty four, I was like, okay, y'all are going <laughs> very um, y'all going very campy, very comic booky, which is cool. But you got to figure out how you want this character. You can't have her one way in this movie and different the next movie. Then the whole pining over her guy who's been dead for like over a thousand years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe like no one cares. Like, I get it, but you know, you're basically immortal. Can we just like you know figure this out? That, that, I thought that was kind of weird. It was just it was just weak. It was just weak in my opinion. They they could have did so much better with it. Like I I like Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman. I think she looks apart and does a very good job with it. True. However, I feel like they're like they're not giving her enough like dialogue or you know like even with the whole like invisible car thing that could have been better that sucked the whole rope of in, the, the rope uh, of truth and every time she the lasso of truth and every time she uses it she has to say oh this is the lasso of truth and if you're wrapped in it i'm like stop we all know <laughs> we know that <laughs> we all know if you're in this movie theater right now and you have no idea what she's doing you're you shouldn't be here you just shouldn't be here right. okay we should no there's a something like there's these uh, screenplay writing writing tips, right? And I post it sometimes on my Instagram. And it'll say, one of the things it said was, um, 
trust that your audience is smart. Yep. And it's just like, you know, trust that we can figure something out by the context clues that you give us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They didn't like, okay, we didn't have to have Dr. Doc Ock explain who Norman Osborn was or how he came to be. We all knew that already. They could have took the, all they could have did was him say Osborn and be confused. And we realized, oh, somehow they know each other. And then they cut to their dialogue where like, I thought you were dead. Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. That would have had more of an impact than him having to explain, oh, like he was a smart scientist and went crazy. That was them not believing that or not trusting that the fan base knew the Spider-Mans before. And I think they could have left it aloof and it would have been a little bit more impactful and probably would have helped sales of the other movies because you were going to go back and rewatch them to make mm-hmm. sure they understand what's going on. So it's like they kind of dropped the ball on their money part with that. I don't need a strong recap. I, I know I know the movie. I, I know what's going on. And, so. and especially like those small, like they they almost actually had it um, to to an effect because on the bridge, um, I, or Doctor Octavius is like Norman, like Osborne, and then we flash back to the the, the Undercroft or wherever we are at in the dungeon, um, and. Like we get the context clue of he knows who he is without you having to say, I know who he is. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I I I prefer when a movie thinks that I'm smart enough to get it. And I yeah. if I don't get it at that moment, I'm gonna figure it out before you have to lay, truly lay it out for us. You know, so I'm like, give me that chance to try to put it together, like 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 I'm a, like I'm a detective. You know, like, oh, okay. So one plus two equals this. Okay, 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 I got it. You know, just it's just that more impactful. But I like I said, I think it's they're scared because they're like, okay, our core base, they didn't, they don't know who Tobey Maguire is, maybe, or they 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 maybe know of him. Um, but I mean, it still was good. It, it wasn't. It, it didn't fall by by any means. I still enjoyed all of it. Um, I really just my it was my favorite like action movie of the year. Like I whenever I came out of it, I thought in my mind, I'm like, that was my favorite movie of twenty twenty one. Like hands down. Facts. I was excited for it. Um, you know, I was really excited I've been watching it since I was a kid. And, you know, seeing it, I was I went through so many emotions in the theater, you know, of like happiness and then sad and like all the the brotherhood of the Spider Men that only they know. Um, that, that was all nice. I love that the two came and returned and reprised their roles. And, you know, it was just so cool to to see all that in one screen. I like that they were able to bring it all together and make it work. And it didn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. It felt like a natural, like a natural writing process. So, yeah, I don't I don't know how Marvel's going to top it after that. But Multiverse of Madness. I think that's it. We shall see. I don't know. I didn't like that we got that trailer at the end. I'm like, really? I could have waited. I wanted to do. I wanted an actual, like, you know, sneak peek of something, but mm. not of like a trailer. I thought it was cool. Like, it's fine that that's what it was, but it would have that they could have played that trailer before the movie, you know, goes on. Gotcha. I mean, I understand why, but they could have like did, like a short teaser trailer before Spider Man. And then we watched Spider Man, and we got we could have got like two, you know, endings, post credit scenes, yeah. you know. I mean, I do have a question about it though for go, you. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so post credit scene is Tom Hardy's Venom 
and he's <laughs> at a bar and you know he got blipped to a different universe with everybody else and he's you know talking to his bartender like okay so you're telling me this purple alien guy took away half the population for five years everybody's back now okay and there's a spider guy okay and he's like trying to make it all make sense and then he disappears again but the ink blot is left behind. A piece of venom is left behind. The symbiote. Mm. So my question is, if everything has to go back to its own universe, and you don't have a choice by how you are zapped back to universe, how is the symbiote allowed to? Is the symbiote allowed to travel interdimensional travel because it's an alien? Is is that the answer to why it's able to be left behind when the rest of it's gone? That's that's a perfect question, and I think I think that that's one way of of <clears throat> thinking about it. I think also specifically because of Morbius, and Morbius does happen in the same universe as Venom. I think that's one of the reasons why he's left behind. Um, also, and this is a reach. And I'm just saying that um, I think because of what we're potentially going to see in the multiverse of madness, I think that's also a reason why it's acceptable for him to stay um, because at some point he's going to get transported back to his own universe or this actually becomes his universe at this point. Um, because at, at like, I think in the, the actual Venom movies, we don't know or at least Venom doesn't know that Spider-Man exists um, until this until this film now, and then that's that's the reason why he stays. So it, then there's actually now that I'm talking about it, there's a couple places where this could go. There's that place, and then there's also the fact that Tom Holland Spider-Man is now pretty much on a like I'm an orphan type of situation which could make him upset and very angry and be very susceptible to the evil that comes with Venom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, I thought that too, oh my God, are they alluding to the, the symbiote's going to find Peter and attach itself? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I was thinking. Um, but now seeing what they're trying to do with Morbius, I feel like that might be the play now because if, if if let's say let's say that's what they're going with they're like okay he's going to find peter and attach to it it would have been better to leave it to have it where the other two all three spider-man you know they fight these people and they go back to their respective universes they should have made it where aunt may dies close to the end of the film mm -hmm. peter's still heavy with sorrow because she died and he would still have vengeance on his mind um, and that would explain why him, though, though May's dead and the goblins back in his, his universe, he would still be angry and vengeful and just have a hate for everything, like disdain for everything. Like, I don't have my girl anymore. I'm my best friend. All my family members are dead. Like, I hate everything and everyone. And yep. like, that would make more sense of like his drive as a character to take, let this evil take over him and consume him. Because that's what yeah. happened with um, the Raimi film, Spider-Man 3 or like some, something similar correct i believe so where it was like the the timing was perfect it's yes. like, oh, you're in this dark place i i believe even like it's like a, i can help you thing you know and i mean with that symbiote it's like you need something because you have nothing to live for right mm -hmm. i give you a purpose because think about it 
yeah, Peter Parker is a nice guy and wants to be helpful. But if you have no one that you love or care for and no one that loves and cares for you, what are you living for anymore? Are you just living to protect these random strangers that you don't know? I don't I don't think so. So I'm wondering what's going to be his driving force as a character because like he essentially is starting all over. And I'm also curious because he's part of the Avengers. Do, are the Avengers going to know him just Spider-Man, not his face? Mm. Because he said no one rem- will remember Peter Parker. Cool, that's that's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You're still Spider-Man. So we all know you're Spider-Man, right? So that yeah. would include that Avengers, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everybody still knows you and they can still contact you, right? And if that's the case, you all you got to do is say, oh, yeah, actually, in real life, my name is Peter Parker. It wouldn't be hard for them to, you know, know you because they would still have those memories of you as Spider-Man. They just wouldn't know what your real face looks like. True. So that's the problem when you start altering, like any type of show or movie that alters the timeline, they mess up, but they're gonna mess up in some kind of way in this in in the series of movies now, from now on the Marvel Universe with the whole time thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's from the from the Thanos snap to now and in the future, the timeline is gonna be so jumbled and messed up, they're gonna try to keep giving us BS answers as to why a certain thing is happening. We're gonna keep on going back to well, what about this moment? You know, okay, well, uh, let's throw this at you so that that part makes <laughs> sense now. Yeah, yeah, okay, and we're gonna we're gonna take it, and we're gonna be like, okay, I, I guess I'll accept that and go with it. Yeah, pretty much, as we all do, as we always do. <sighs> okay, is there anything else about this movie that you wanted to like go over, or like didn't make sense to you, or that you thought wasn't correct? Well, one thing I, in terms of continuity between the post-credit scene of Far From Home and the beginning of this one, um, there's some continuity that is le- is left on the table. So, such as when um, when J. Jonah Jameson is actually like saying Peter Parker is Spider Man. Um, MJ actually has on the Dahlia necklace, the broken Dahlia necklace, um, or no, she doesn't have it on in, in the post credit scene. In the beginning of the film, she does. And like they they made it, they they played it up to where like the even in, in, in the background, the same like people behind her were the exact like they they were wearing the same um same clothes it wasn't the the same act or same extras though so that's another thing no yeah it was three of them were the same extras the guy that says i looked look i looked into this so the guy that i think he's the asian extra but he had said oh look aren't you his girlfriend you're this is fireman's girlfriend Hmm. that guy the one with the curly hair i forgot what she had said and then one other person those three of them they were at the end of the previous spider-man and then like with the necklace I was watching a video on YouTube and they're like, yeah, so MJ, we see the MJ brochures and know who Peter is. However, she's still wearing the necklace that he gave her. Mm-hmm. So if you don't remember who he is, why would you still be holding on to this necklace? And I'm like, that could have been a loose end that literally someone forgot. And if that is a loose end, they're going to you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to figure out how to tie up that loose end or they're going to go back and digitally alter that scene. <laughs> I'm serious. They're going to take the necklace. If they can't explain, they're going to take the necklace off. Yep. That's how they fix stuff. Yep. They're like, oh, crap. No one no one noticed that. We'll just uh, figure it out later. Figure it out later. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah. They, they want to keep their continuity. Yeah. So I that can see that. A, 
that was that was that was the only thing I wanted to talk about extra, but that was it though. Yeah, I I think I think it was a good film overall. I like that we got the characters back. Like we got these awesome performances from Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and Williams. Absolutely. Um, as uh, Green Goblin and Jamie Fox too as Electro. I think it's really solid performances. And, you know, if we get to see him again in the movie, that'd be great. I don't think we're going to get that. I know that we are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also look forward to seeing, like, you know, which which villains they'll bring that from comic books into the show. So I'm, curi- I'm curious about that as well, too. I think Craven like, um, the Hunter might be the next one. Okay, so, like... What was I gonna say? Okay, so I'm switching. I know you're not DC fan, but I'm gonna switch to DC for a second. So, <laughs> like the new Batman that's coming out with Robert Pattinson. Are you a Batman fan? Uh, loosely, I watch it. Okay, because that's for me for DC. I'm a Batman fan. That's why I know his story has been told more times than Spider Man's, but mm-hmm. I really like Batman. But uh, I like like back in the day we had you know we we truly got Batman and Robin. We had Poison Ivy. We had um, uh, Harley Quinn. We had the Joker. We had the Penguin, Mr. Freeze. And we haven't seen these characters in a long time. So I'm happy that we're getting a couple of them coming up in this new film. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I want, I just want in these comic book movies that now that we're spreading out from like the status quo of the original characters, we always see their story. I want to see the non-original villains like the ones that we don't see all the time you know but they're like they're a really good character we just haven't seen them for whatever reason or maybe they weren't able to visually put them on so that's what i'm curious about i want i i want to see where like when i watch the trailer i'm like i don't know anything about this and i'm going in blind or i I need to go research it before i see it to see like how accurate it was to um from the comic yeah yeah i mean I, I usually like once once a movie comes. That's what I did with uh, No Way Home. Like once the movie come came out, I started researching what comic was similar to it, or what what, what was the inspiration from it. And that's how I figured out uh, One More Day was for this film. Um, like I I think I love doing that part too. Like it's almost like a detective, like like you said, the, a detective investigation type thing. Like okay, well this piece over here is connected over here, and this piece over here changes yeah. this. So how does this play out in this story, kind of thing? Um, and that, I think that's the the fun part about being a Marvel or really or really any like comic book um, fan. And especially going into these movies, like having that detective gene actually makes you a fan if in some kind of way, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because it does, when, you're looking up these little clues and trying to figure out like why was the camera, you know, zoomed in like like in Ned's grandma's house, the knives. The camera lingered on those not that knife set for a long time. A long time. And I for so for when I first watched it, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're Filipino, it's part of their culture. And then I was like, hmm, the daggers and the costume, the colors of the costume. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, okay, okay, I'm putting I'm putting it together. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And so I looked into it, and that's apparently the colors of Ned whenever he's was his, whatever you call this uh, character that he is. Now Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, okay, 
when's that gonna come out are we just are they basically waiting for him to get into shape to like make him this character because i mean he made a big transformation already and he's probably still doing it i can see them saying okay we'll see where you're at in another year or two and then we'll we'll put you in it because that'd be nice to see that would be nice like i don't know how realistic it is but, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, look what happened with Chris Pratt. People 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 laughed at the thought of Chris Pratt playing a uh, some type of hero. They're like, this guy can't do it. And then he went, he did the whole Marvel transformation. Everybody's went to that Marvel transformation where they just turn you into this like super fit, super uh believable character. Like, um, oh my god, what's what's the guy's name from Eternals, the Indian guy from Eternals? Uh, yeah, I know. I know exactly who you're talking about. I, I don't yeah. remember his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, Kajmal Camille. I think that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he, like he wasn't out of shape in my opinion, but like seeing him super fit was so weird. Because I'm like, I'm not used to you looking like this. But like, they're like, you need to transform into this character for us. Thank you. We have plans. Pretty much, it's but like, I, hey, you want a bag? Change your change your diet, change change what you do every day, and we'll put you on set. All right, sign this contract. Yes. <laughs> look, look, look how small Michael B. Jordan naturally is, right? He's True. A, he's a slim guy. And look how much he beefed up for Creed 1 and 2 and how much he beefed up for Killmonger and Black Panther. I'm like, clear, clearly it works. You know, they're like, how much money you said to lose weight against it? Facts. Right. I mean, to be honest with you, Michael B. Jordan and Creed is actually my my goal body at this point. Like, I think this should be everybody's goal. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and Creed three comes out. It's supposed to come out end of this year. I really hope it, it, it it's able to come out on time because I we'll need see. another boxing movie. We'll see. We'll see. The way things is going right now, I don't know. I know everything's getting pushed back, but there's nothing really coming. Well, there's not action, action coming out. Uh, there's more so like dramatic thrillers. Like there's Death of the Nile comes out next month. The 355 just came out. That's an action movie, like a, a female action, like Jason Bourne-ish movie. True, true. That is going to be decent. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to do that in the couple the next couple of days because I really want to see it. Um, I, I I see like get like two or three movies a week. Um, there's just so much stuff that came out. Um, I just saw Nightmare Alley not too long ago. That was really good. If you're looking for like a nice like, uh, like thriller type okay. movie, um, it's interesting. We should watch the trailer. William Dafoe's in it too. He's like a small feature role in it. Mm. But, I, I just covered that one a, a few days ago on my, on my podcast. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That um so I'm I'm I don't know if you know if you are or not or if they have it cuz I think you're in are you in Texas? Yeah, I'm in Texas. Okay. Um are you a AMC Stubbs or AMC uh, A-list member? No, cuz I go to Alamo Draft House every time when Oh, gotcha. Okay. Cuz what I was going to say is like I have AMC A-list and they give you three movies a week to go and see um, for a monthly price of 20 bucks. Oh, nice. Or like okay. 20-ish. Okay, so 
on YouTube, right, and some of these podcasts I listen to, they're they're getting to see movies early because like they have enough, they have like followers and they strike deals or however they they come to. I haven't had anybody approach me, and I haven't went to anybody to approach them for a deal. And so I was like, if I just get like a job where I work somewhere for a little bit, I can get their perk. So I that's the perk I get. I can like watch movies um for free <laughs> gotcha okay or okay. like super super cheap like i can get like four tickets at a price like five bucks each like, I'm, I'm gonna go see scream like in a week or so with my friends and it only cost me like 20 dollars out of my pocket to go see scream <laughs> for like six people <laughs> that's not bad that's not never mind forget i said anything yeah so like that that's really why i got it. i'm like if i if i just get like a little little part-time couple hours over here that helps me out a lot. So, and until until you know, I get approached by someone like, "Hey, you want to see want to see some Sundance films early or whatever." Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really trying to get into. Is that that's what I want my platform on? I I want to be able to do stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, yeah. we're working towards it. I'll I'll be looking out for you. So slowly but surely, I'm I'm, I'm trying to get up there. I think YouTube helps a lot just when people like typing names in. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to do. That's why I found a lot of like black podcasters for film stuff. It's just I literally typed in black film podcasters or black film YouTubers, and people popped up. I need so. to. I need to up up. I actually need to up my my video creation game because at, at right now it's like a video every couple of weeks, and I need to make that a video every week. But it's it's rough. <laughs> It's hard, but there are ways to, to do it. Like, so starting off for my podcast, what I used to do is I would record at least three episodes a week. Then no matter when, but I would record three episodes and try to edit them as quickly as possible. And then I would just put out one a week. That way I didn't have to feel backed up. It's like, oh, I have so many to pull from. Gotcha. And if I didn't watch a new movie, I'd put out an older movie. So I still had an episode coming out. So that helps a lot, too. Okay. But, I'm going to get on that YouTube train so I can, you know, start having my name more out there. Yeah, definitely. But if you need any pointers, let me know. Um, I'll definitely be a resource if I can be. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely going to ask about that. Cause I'm still <laughs> into, like what I want to use and how I want to do it. I just, I don't think I want that much of my space. I think I'd rather just be like a voiceover thing. Oh yeah, that, that's actually how I started. That's what I did with my breakdown of uh, Spider-Man, the recent one. I just did a voiceover, wrote a script for it, and just read from the uh, from that and sent it over to be edited. Okay, yeah. Say I gotta find a video person that can do all that. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I just don't want the headache of doing it. True. Very so. true. But um, before you go, one, I will definitely uh, ask you again for any other like comic book reviews like so like for sure for morbius for sure for dr strange the multiverse and then are you a gamer yep okay so uncharted yep okay so i know of uncharted i don't play i've watched people play it multiple times i enjoyed the trailer and i'm looking forward to it but i'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews from people who are big fans of the game Mm -hmm. but i'm hopeful are you hopeful I'm I'm hopeful because of Tom Holland specifically. Like I, I trust his work because everything that I've seen him in, I mean, at this point, mostly Spider-Man. However, um, everything that I've seen him in has always been good and of quality taste. So I, I'm hopeful 
but we'll see. Okay, okay. But I'll definitely get your opinion on that as well, too. But for people who would like to um, follow you, whether that's on your Instagram or subscribe on your YouTube, do you mind plugging that information in for them now? Sure. Um, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you can find me as Blurred Grammar, B-L-E-R-D-G-R-A-M-M-E-R. Um, and then if you want to follow Twitch, you can find me um, twitch.com slash Lord Draken, and that's L-O-R-D underscore D-R-A-K-K-O-N. So. Awesome. I'll put that in the description as well, too. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Pound Barrels. I want to give a special thank you to my co-host of this episode. It was really nice to be able to speak to someone else who was knowledgeable of Spider-Man, not just in the movie-verse, but also in the comic-verse as well. Um, and stay tuned for next week's episode.